I've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around. And now I've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund. The real question is, how will I do it? With no investors and without an Ivy League degree, this podcast is going to give you the answer. Join me and follow along as I share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds. I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey, welcome back to the show. Today we got with us Jason White, author of Credit Building Secrets. I actually have his book in hand right now. Got an incredible YouTube channel. Go check him out. Jay, I probably is popping up on the screen right now. Jason White. I'm going to have my editor put that in there, but go check out his channel. It's an incredible job helping people understand money, understand wealth, and especially understanding credit. So Jason, welcome on. How are you doing today? I appreciate that, Bridget. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't want to get too excited because I've been dealing with some adversity with my camera, but I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I just have to be careful with my with my setup because it may mess up. But yeah, man, super excited to be here. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't flinch or anything. It might all come crumbling down. Yeah, but yeah, I fall apart over here. <laughs> yeah, for real. Well, Jason, I'm excited to have you on. It's gonna be a fun interview and episode. Um, First off, I love your setup. I love your studio. I love all the stuff in the background. It's fun. And I know you like to have fun on your show as well. And I like to do the same thing. So oh, yeah. let's uh, let's hop into it. So for today, just some hot items that we're going to cover. You want to walk us through? I mean, I know we're going to cover credit, but also if you look at your channel, you've got some really impressive videos that walk through helping people that are, you know, broke or getting out of a, a bad income spot, helping them get started, building credit, getting back to a place. I think credit's a, a thing a lot of people don't understand. Um, no, no, no. And that's what you help touch on, right? Definitely, definitely. Uh, we've been helping a lot of people uh, since 2013 uh, get their credit, the finances, what I call the foundation in order, um, because people really don't understand the simple things in life work, and which is why they're unable to you know, create funds with you. You know, so we want to get them there. Uh, um, uh, our, either our service or my YouTube channel, we provide the information to help them do that. Yeah, I love it. Well, and it's funny, uh, even in the fund game, how important your credit is. Uh, a lot of times in a first-time fund, they're going to have you apply for lines of credit, and they want you to personally guarantee these lines of credit, and they're going to look at your credit score, and they want to see what your history is and all your... Uh, I know there's all those metrics that go into your credit score. They're going to look at all of that, and actually, you know, and it's like, hey, we've got a $30 million fund. Can we not get a $5 million line of credit? And they're like, nope, we need you to personally guarantee it. And it's really interesting, even on a first first time or second time fund, that's what happens as well. So it's important whether you're, you know, broke and you're trying to get out of that and get your first couple of credit cards or whatever, get a little bit of line of credit, or if you're doing very well and need to get a $3 million, $5 million line of credit, still important to have there. So let's dive into this a little bit, Jason. Um, and, and I love you. I have your book here. I just got it in the mail, actually. So I've not read the whole thing yet. Just I've perused That's it a little fine. bit. I, I appreciate the fact that you got it, man. Thank you. I love it right here. So check out his book, Credit Building Secrets, Six Secrets You Don't Want to Know to Boost Your Credit Score Up to 200 Points. So to start the episode off, I want to I, I want to just hit some quick hits real quick. What are some what are the biggest misconceptions about credit that most people have out there that are just that are just blatantly wrong? <laughs> Well, the, the biggest myth when it comes to credit um, is that all you have is on time and you'll have a great credit score. Uh, that is not true. Okay. Um, and, you know, throughout our conversation today, I'm going to, uh, you know, give you the breakdown on how that works. But at just paying your credit score, uh, excuse me, just paying your bills on time 
is actually one of the five uh, components of a credit score, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, there's something called a FICO credit score, and this is used in 90% of lending decisions. And they have created an algorithm that is used to compute a credit score. Now, the thing about this algorithm—they have different ones for different situations, but pretty much there are five components that is used to develop a credit score. Okay, we have payment history, which is the which is the most important uh, component. We have also credit utilization, which is the second component. Uh, length of history. Uh, the third credit file mix, the fourth, and then the fifth, we have uh, inquiries, okay? Um, these are five components of the credit score. And the lowest uh, your credit score uh, can be is a 300, a 300 credit score, very bad. If you have a 300 credit score, you need to work on building your credit, okay? Anyway, um, the highest your credit score uh, can be a perfect credit score, okay? So when we do the math, all right, these are simple things that people don't think about. When we do the math, uh, 850 minus 300, that gives us 550 points that we have the power to influence, all right? So if someone were to tell me, hey, you know what, don't listen to that guy, Jason White. He's telling you to do all these fancy things with your credit. All you have to do is pay your bills. Well, I'm gonna do the math for you really quick, okay? 300, well, what we do is we do 550, okay? 550 points, you see that? And we yeah. times the first component of your credit score, which is 35% credit, payment history, times that by 35. That's 192 and a half points. Okay? So that means that if you pay your bills, that's all you do, and you 300, 300 plus 192 and a half is 492 points. I don't know about you, but Toledo, that's still a bad credit score, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, uh, Utah, you really can't do too much out there with a 492, right? No, you're yeah, you're not doing much with 492. <laughs> yeah, so that's still a, a bad credit score. And yep. the whole point of me sharing that is that you, you have, have to, to do more than just pay your bills, your credit. Well, let's let's walk through each one of those then. So. Okay, we you pay your bills on time, but the and I can't remember the order you went in, but the next payment one um, utilization, mm -hmm. length of history. Let's go. Let's go. Payment history first. Let's go to that. So payment okay. history and then credit utilization. Let's go to that one next. Okay. Yeah. So payment history is basically how well are you keeping the agreement? Okay. We give you a line of credit, and, and you agree that you're going to make 250 payments of 25 bucks. Okay. Payment basically, are you keeping your word? Are you paying this bill on time? All right. As you pay this bill on time, we report it to your credit report, and that helps your credit score. All right. Now, the thing is, some people, either with work, whatever the situation may be, just terrible at managing the, they forget to pay the bills on time. All right. And after 30 days of that account being late, that's now a negative mark on your credit report and that one late payment can drop your credit payment history is 35 percent of your credit 35 percent okay yeah. so with payment history is very it's very easy all you have to do is just pay your bills on time that's the easy part of fixing your credit or raising your credit score or managing your credit it's just that's the easiest part 
The second part, um, before I go any further, payment history is 35% of your credit score, okay? We did the math, that's 192 and a half points, okay? Yep. We have is uh, credit utilization. This is the comparison of your credit, the credit balances that you have to the credit limits, all right? Um, so so look at, at your revolving accounts. These are your credit cards. Okay. So, so funny enough, I'll cut you off for a second. This is yep. my first fund that I set up was to help people with credit utilization. Okay. So if they had a maxed out credit card, meaning it was a hundred percent utilized, we would get it below, try to get it below 45 or 40% utilization. So if they, it was a $10,000 credit card, we would give them a loan of $6,000, which would get okay. their utilization down below Definitely. 40%. And we'd have it update for a few months and it would help their credit jump that was a, one of the oh, things that, we did like, actually to... similar similar model yeah similar to model what we we're doing we'd help them get credit and stuff but that's we would look at that metric every day was was what is someone's utilization rate because it hurt their ability to get new credit to get new lines of, of credit cards lines of credit all that kind of stuff yeah i have a lot of clients that could use that. so uh mm -hmm. if you think of bringing it back let me know okay <laughs> all right um, but yeah the second component is uh, credit utilization okay and if you don't know how that works, that's basically um, they're looking at your balances of your credit cards to your limits, mm -hmm. $1,000 limit. Typically, you don't want that credit utilization percentage to go above 30% because the more, the higher that, that balance is compared to the limit, the more desperate you look and also the more likely you are to default on that line of credit. Mm. Okay, that's actually, actually yeah. uh, a statistic. Revolving debt, the more likely they are not to pay it, so that hurts your credit score. Okay, secret um, in which you can take advantage of to lower that. But typically, what you want to do is you want to make sure your credit utilization is under thirty percent. For our clients in our community, we usually recommend under ten percent. That way, you're maximizing that component of your credit score. Okay, that's thirty percent of your credit score. Thirty percent times the 550 that I shared with you, that's 165 points, okay? Yeah. So paying your bills on time and managing your credit cards responsibly, 165 plus 192 and a half, that's 357 points a credit card can help you improve your credit score. Gotcha, and keeping that, you said below 10% is the best, under, right? Yeah, you want 110% for ideal 100%, results. Gotcha. Yep. So paying on time and then keeping just your credit card balances low, right? Keep, exactly. them, keep them paid off. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. Um, so you want to do that. How are we looking over there? My, my screen, everything's still cool? I, I still see it. It's a little grainy, but I can still see it, so we're good. Okay. I have no idea how this thing works. I have a, um, a $1,000 camera set up to my computer, and I have no idea how it works. Okay, anyway, so we have uh, the- <laughs> Don't you hate that? Like this week, I- this week I had all my tech break like on a day. Like, you ever have that? This is just yeah, it's happening to like, me now. <laughs> it's happening right now. You wake up one day, like your cell phone doesn't work, your computer broke, and your mic, and you're like, you can't log into DocuSign or something random. Like 
everything and then you get in your car and your car doesn't start it's like it happens like for me like every six months like everything breaks for 24 hours and I, like and last you know, time it happened to me i just stopped i just stopped where i was like okay i'm just gonna let it pass it's 24 hours i'm just gonna let it pass i'm gonna let the the good lord do whatever he needs to do to my stuff and yeah, i'm gonna come crazy. back tomorrow <laughs> That's what, happens, you know, the, so. what makes it even worse is not the fact that it's happening to you but it's, it's happening. happening to you and you have yeah, and I don't know if I can cuss on your channel, but you have things to do. And I'm super late for our meeting right now. Um, and you're probably thinking like, this dude is about to, he's, he's going to stand me up. He's wasting my time right now. And it's not me, it's my equipment. So I apologize. But anyway, we're here, we're here. All right, we're good. Um, we're back. So payment history, utilization, what was next? Uh, next is length of history, okay? This okay. is 15% of your credit score. Length of history is basically how long do you have experience with managing debt? Right. Some people who just started a business, um, they're new to the whole credit thing, and they want to go out there and get huge lines of credit, but they don't have any experience on their credit report. If I give you this $100,000 loan, what what part which part of your history is sharing with me that you know how to manage this kind of debt so what you want to do is you want to make sure that your length of history is building its age up right you mm -hmm. want old accounts to continue to report on your credit report one of the the worst things that you can do for your credit is to close an account that you don't have to because the longer that account remains on your credit report the better for your credit score the better for your length of history so even if you have a, an old credit card, you never use it. Keep it open is what you're saying. Keep it open just because the length, length of history just helps so much. Actually, I, I uh, was trying to buy a house. I was 24, 23 years old, mm -hmm. trying to buy a house. And I'm, I, so I have a 720 credit score. I have great, I have 20% down payment. And I literally could not get a loan because of credit history. They said, yes, you don't have length. You don't have length of history. You've only, you've only filed taxes for two or three years. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but look at the, exactly. you know, they just said, sorry, buddy, we're not going to lend you. So and unfortunately <laughs> that's the credit game, man. That's the yeah. credit game. But I'm pretty sure if you would have had that information prior to going to try to get that loan, you would have been better prepared. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's the point of, you know, sharing this information to help people make better decisions, uh, more strategic decisions so that information to leverage their credit instead of being denied because of their credit right yep. uh, so yeah length of history is very important you want to keep those accounts open as long as possible some of you when you're working on your credit trying to uh, get information removed from your credit report and sometimes it's a good idea to keep those old accounts on your credit report because it helps the length of history on your credit okay if that makes any sense yeah yep. um, and then fourth we have um Credit file mix. These are the different types of accounts you can have when you're uh, revolving accounts, whether it's secured, unsecured, a revolving account with the bank, a line of credit. Um, those are uh, one, one type of account. Then we accounts. These are um, student loans, mortgages, uh, uh, personal loans. All of those loans are considered installment accounts. And then uh, we also have open accounts. These are more like the, uh, you know, the black card, you know, you just have to make sure you pay that bill off every month. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have those different types of accounts, the, 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 the variety 
uh, with between the revolving and installment accounts, the better for your credit score. So typically, we recommend that our clients credit cards um, and at least one installment account on their credit report. That way, they can maximize that component of their credit score. Okay? Gotcha. Um, I love that's it. 10%. That's 10% of your yep. credit score. And then yep. the, the last 10% of your credit are inquiries. How often mm -hmm. are you to get a new line of credit? Okay, the more that you're searching for new lines of credit, you look desperate, right? And the more inquiries you have on your credit report, the more it's gonna hurt your credit score up to 10%. So when you are looking to get a new line of credit, you wanna be strategic and research that company and where they pull the credit and make sure your credit score with that particular company is looking good. Otherwise, you can shoot yourself in the foot, apply for something, and knowing you got a 550 credit score, and getting denied and now you have that anchor in your credit report and it hurts your credit score even more um and that happens I, it's oh i was no, just gonna say yeah if, if if you're applying for and i sorry i just i've we worked with inquiries a lot when i ran that lending company mm -hmm. just because it would hurt people's accounts a lot and they would go to a used car dealership and the car dealer would take their social security number and say oh i'm gonna run some credit checks and they would run three four five ten inquiries yeah. And it would just ding and blow up Shopping their credit. Around, and it's, it's absolutely terrible. They had no clue. And the same thing, if you, you know, when you apply to a credit card company, you'll look in the, the if they do a hard pull on your credit, so it's a hard inquiry to open accounts, open credit, um, be mindful of that. And actually I just saw it, it was detrimental to some people's credit. They had to, it took them, you know, and I don't know how long you probably know how long it takes for inquiries to kind of soften and not two years, be as hard, two years to fall off your credit report, one year, not your credit score. Uh, gotcha. Now the thing about inquiries, though, they, they kind of changed the rule in which, uh, say, in which uh, it impacts your credit score. So if you go to a, a car lot now and they pull your credit with ten different companies, as long as that happens within a two-week cycle, inquiries only count as one now. Mm. The problem is gotcha. when you go to you know ten different car lots within a month time frame. Now you have of inquiries on your credit report outside of that two-week cycle and then that's when it hurts you so you know a good tip is to and find your own lender hmm. on that same note so if you know if i was gonna go and i you know one thing you talked about just barely was having four or five credit cards at different companies to help build that account I, something i've been taught and actually i want to hear if this is right about every six months i open up a new credit card and a new account just somewhere um and I'll apply for maybe one or two within a 24 hour window because I've heard, I just don't know. I've heard though that the inquiry thing is like that. Could I apply for six cards within 24 hours? And uh, would that, would that be too many inquiries at once? And would it hurt me? And would people deny me? What does that look like? Any thoughts there? That's, that's a good question. Now, when you are applying, are you applying with the same company, three different credit cards with the same company or are these Di different companies, right? Cause they'll see, right. If it's the same company. Right. So I, that's what, heard, at least. what would you say though? Yeah. What's your advice? Well, my advice would be typically with, uh, let's say that open up a credit card with American express, they allow you to use that one inquiry for all of their, uh, products. So mm -hmm. you can get a card, uh, the gold member express and one of their other fancy cards all in the same day. And it only counts as one. Now the, the issue, or I wouldn't necessarily say the issue, but um, 
the thing about your strategy is because you're doing it with three different companies, those three different companies don't use the same credit report. They all pull their own credit reports. So when you're looking to obtain a new line of credit with a different company, that's one inquiry for that particular company. So if you do three different companies, because they're not the same entity, those are three inquiries added to your credit report, regardless of if it's uh, within a 24 day cycle. Mm, so yeah. the best strategy is to use the same all three of their products versus, um, I don't know why I'm doing my three like that, but all three of their products <laughs> Um, versus three different companies and getting one product, that's three inquiries. And then um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend yep. you know, getting a line of credit every six months uh, because that hurts your average age of your accounts um, and impacts mm -hmm. the length of history uh, component of your credit score. But you know, one of the secrets that I'm gonna share with you um, is something that you can do every six months uh, with the particular company that you're working with uh, uh, that will help your credit. So for me to do that every six months, you're saying that hurts the average because you want an average length is more important than having lots of accounts. And I'm I'm hoping to have yeah. these open for the next twenty years or something like that. But um, right. keep yeah, so, if I did that the rest of my life, it would it would continue to hurt me. Is what you're saying? Right. So yeah, God, well, well, yeah. look at the the oldest account and then they look at the averages. Right. Mm. And those all impact the length of history. So the thing about the components is there's different things in each of those components that can hurt you and help you. Um, and one of those that can hurt you is the average age of your accounts. Um, you know, you can have an account that's 10 years old, but if you have five different accounts open within the last, you know, three months, then that kind of shortens it because they, now they look at it at, uh, you know, as an average. Right. Um, mm, so you have to be sense. careful with that aspect. God, well, that's good for me to know. Maybe I'll stop doing yeah, that then. Yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> Very good cards. to know. Um, but I have another strategy for you that, that will help you. Um, yeah, yeah, your, I'd love to hear um, it. You already have open. Okay. Um, so, yeah, those are the five components of a credit score. You know, there are what I call a janky methods proving a credit score that I don't necessarily recommend uh, because janky is something that you want to stay far away from because it can land you in jail or it could cost you a lot of money okay mm -hmm. and uh, in the credit repair industry we have a lot of uh negatives about our industry because it's so easy for people to offer services in our in our uh in our industry and sometimes people cut corners and what they do is they will offer services credit that are expedited quote unquote services that will help you uh, either remove negatives from your credit report or help you raise your credit score. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk about some of those really quick and why I don't necessarily agree with them. Um, the first one is something called a, a credit sweep. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of this, but this is when um, you're looking to get the negatives removed off your credit report and a janky credit repair professional will say, Hey, I can get that removed for you within 30 to 45 days. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is pay me, you know, 2000 bucks and we can get that done. And desperate to get this information removed from their credit report, they hire the janky professional, they do the service, but now they put themselves at risk of going to jail. Because what happens is the janky pro has them dispute everything on the credit report is negative. Uh, they file a identity uh, theft uh, form mm -hmm. and basically say someone has stolen their identity for one, okay? And then lastly, they file a police report 
and say that you know someone has opened up these accounts in their name and they don't you know they have nothing to do with it well yep. the thing is if you truly open up those accounts filing that police report and it's not true you just filed a false police report mm, people go to gotcha. jail every day for that right yeah um so you got to be careful with that uh also um they will offer something called a cpn you ever heard of heard of a cpn before uh no okay so this is called a credit profile number or a credit privacy number okay you will often see um celebrities uh like barack obama the president uh, one of the presidents um you know he'll be someone who has a credit pro profile number because he doesn't want people to know social security number because you know being the president and yeah, yeah. Being attached to something real negative is not a good look right anyway it's a way to mask your identity mask your social security number and you get a profile number that's i similar to a social security number but it's not the same thing and you use that to apply for accounts well people are claiming that they have credit profile numbers, selling them for large sums of money and telling people, instead of using your social security number, use this number when applying for uh So the thing is, those are not truly credit profile numbers. They're stealing the information from either uh, children, elderly, or people who are incarcerated because these three people are not using their credit. So they're getting those social security numbers and then they're telling people their CPNs and then they're having them apply for alliance of using numbers that are not their social security number. When you do that on a credit application, you're now committing fraud. Mm, okay. Yeah. Prison. We don't, nobody wants to go to prison. So, you know, set yourself up for success. And then lastly, um, there's a huge market of selling trade lines. Um, these are, uh, yeah, I've heard about, yeah, I've seen people do this before. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they'll sell aged accounts, um, that have, you know, 10 to 20 years of payment history and a large line of credit. Um, and then they'll sell it to you for, you know, 1500, 2000 bucks and add you to that credit report. And then it'll raise your credit score temporarily. And then you're supposed to make a move and use that profile number, uh, excuse me, that, 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 that increase and make a move. Um, I don't necessarily because they're changing the algorithm to ignore information. Um, so it's a waste of money. And then two, some of these people are uh, illegally adding you to other people's accounts without their acknowledgement. And you just don't want to be associated with that. Right. Um, so those are three things that you want to stay away. You're trying to fix your credit, stay away from credit sweeps, CPNs and paid trade lines. Focus on ownership you want to own the accounts that are on your credit report okay and uh the best way to do that which is secret one um which i highly recommend that you all get my book <laughs> anyway credibility here secrets. it is um we we kind of secret with you uh indirectly when i was uh, talking about uh the accounts that are on your credit report but we talked about one particular account that helps you the most okay first secret you cannot achieve a 700 credit score without this particular account. And that is you need a credit card. Okay. If your credit is bad and you can't get an unsecured credit card, then you need to get a secure credit card and begin to focus on building uh, your credit using that tool. That tool alone will take your credit to the next level. Okay. Have a credit uh, card. Number one. 
<laughs> yeah. You have a credit card. I, I'm sorry. I thought you said something else. My bad. My bad. Oh, no. I just said oh, have yeah. a credit card. I might have cut out. <laughs> I was like, what's yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I have a credit card. I have a credit card. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so have a credit card, number one. There's a lot of people who don't cards because of the information spread in America, how, you know, everybody's in debt. Credit card mm-hmm. debt is the scariest thing. Well, just because you open up the line of credit does not mean you need to max it out. Okay. We're all, we're talking managing credit responsibly. And the most responsible thing that you can do when managing your credit is spend it how you normally, you only spend what you have, right? Mm-hmm. $100. I don't How much does that, uh, that space shoe, how much is that worth? <laughs> They're, I think they're like, what, 150 to buy, and then we paint them for another 150 bucks. So probably about 300 bucks, somewhere around there. So yeah, if you yeah. want to buy that that gadget for 300 bucks, you should have $300 in your pocket, okay? And what you do is you use the credit card, and you get rewarded for using it with reward points. You swipe, and as soon as you swipe that $300, you pay that bill off. So you use money you are, okay? Some people are over leveraging themselves by using their line of credits to, you know, live a bigger life and just can't do yeah. that. So um, I, I want to make a note there too. Um, with having, I, I know you hear the Dave Ramsey's of the world don't have a credit card because there's a lot of people that don't use them. Well, if you're listening to the show, you're probably an entrepreneur type. You're someone that understands this use like a debit card, but Interesting statistic, I believe it's 70% of businesses right now are started on credit cards. Um, and uh, it's it's huge. I, and that Because I worked for this credit card company for it. And anyways, it was 70, when I was working there at least a couple years ago, 70% of all new businesses were started on credit cards. And they would, uh, you know, leverage a line of credit from a credit card. Now, responsibly though, right? They would use it in a right. responsible way and um, and use it like a debit card. But also it's a little bit of a, you know, almost that you can, you can pull cash. There's a lot of things you can do, but I, I like back to your point, having a credit card and utilizing them, I think are super valuable. And Definitely. I and back to your point with rewards points. I probably make every quarter I make, I don't know, two to five grand on rewards points every single quarter um, just from using our cards. Anyways, side it's plug crazy. for cards. But I love, I love that first point. It's crazy. You can make a lot of money. Um, I'm not necessarily a lot of money, but you can make a decent amount of money by using your credit card responsibly if it has reward points and christmas money you know we we, we make a good few thousand dollars and i and reward cash and i use that for christmas so it's a great way to make money by doing things that you would normally do anyway mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah the set if you have a credit card you want to optimize your credit card okay and what, I, what do I mean by that? Um, you were talking about every six months, you apply for a new credit card, right? And so why do you do that? What was the reason behind that? Well, <laughs> and I'm happy to hear that's not gonna work anymore, but I, I did it the be- well, a while back to just gain more credit accounts. Okay. So I've, I have, I don't know, 12, 14 cards right now that I, and I'll just, most of them I don't use. I just keep them open so that I can build credit history over the next five, 10 years with those cards. Gotcha. And so and then I'll, I'll move them around and use different ones. But that was the point. So, and because I heard if you apply for too many, you know, if you applied for over two or three within a six month time period, those inquiries would hurt you. And so if you space them out, that's what I was, 
I was told way back when. So I started to right. do it. No, the, that um, part is true. That part I've is only true. done that though for about three years. So I guess it's only been, it hasn't been that many cycles, but. Right. So yeah, um, a, a lot same thing, uh, but their reason, uh, well, a tip in our, in our uh, audience, their reason is typically they want to have larger limits, right? Mm -hmm. If I have a $1,000 limit, there's only so much of that 1000 limit I can use before it begins to hurt me. But if I have 10 different cars with a $1,000 limit on each of them, I have a $10,000 limit co collectively, right? So what if I told you there's a way for you to maintain those 12, 13 different cars without opening up a new one and also increasing your limits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you want to do is you want to contact your uh, creditors directly and request a limit increase every six mm -hmm. months. Okay. And as long as it is good, good or moving in the right direction and you have on-time payment history, majority yeah. of those creditors will increase your limit. And that's a great mm -hmm. way to double, triple your limits over time without having to open up new accounts. Hmm. Smart. So, increase your limits and also lower your credit utilization because now you have more room to work with. So you're saying instead of opening it for me, I should just start calling those companies I already have and, and say, hey, credit increases. Yeah, I, I've been with you guys for a good few years now. Um, this is my first time contacting you. I just want to see if I can uh, if I increase. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a few questions. You answer those honestly. And majority of them will say, hey, you know what? We're going to, uh, you know, increase your 10,000 limit to 20,000. Will that work mm -hmm. for you? <laughs> and then it works. And the next thing you know, yeah. you're walking around with this extra money, right? Um, um, with that, do they do they typically pull, do a hard pull and inquiry on your credit again? Usually a, a soft pull. A soft okay. pull. Because you're already a client of theirs, they can, can access I your credit report without having to do a hard inquiry. The only time yep. they pull your credit is if you apply for a new car. Mm, yeah, okay. Right? But if you have the same car, it's going to be a soft inquiry, and soft inquiries don't hurt your credit. Gotcha, cool. Okay. Um, so so, I love, a so open a credit card, maximize the credit cards you have. By requesting and then, limit increases. And then, getting yeah, getting limit I love it. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, were you no, going to keep listening. going on that? I have another topic I want to bring up too. Gotcha, I'm listening. All right, I want to ask about credit monitoring. So I know there's all these services. Everyone will take your money to monitor your credit. What are some ones you recommend? Uh, you know, places you'll waste your money, places that's actually really good. What are your thoughts? So credit monitoring is, and um, over the last few years. And should you even do it, right? Should you even monitor your credit? So yeah, first and foremost, you should monitor your credit because your credit is a tool, right? And you want to make sure that one of the most important tools that you have outside of your money it's being protected. In order for you to protect that, you need to monitor it. So credit monitoring is very important, okay? Now, credit monitoring, it really depends on the um, the purpose of If you get it because you want to monitor it, any credit monitoring works because they all give you the alerts and, and let you and let you know, um, you know, where you stand with your, you know, revolving debt and all that good stuff. Basic information, all uh, all credit monitorings work, okay? Um, however, if you are trying to obtain a new line of credit and you need a particular credit score to do so and you want to know your credit score prior to getting, uh, you know, 
prior to you know pulling the application and yeah. getting assessed, then you need the right credit monitoring. And the right mm -hmm. credit monitoring is the one that is used in 90% of lending decisions. And that's a FICO credit monitoring, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so what I wanna say is because they don't pay me, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you to research FICO credit monitoring, okay? Mm -hmm. Do that yeah. and then you know some of those will pop up. However, if you're looking for a credit monitoring uh, purpose of knowing where you stand with your credit cards and your credit limits, your inquiries and just monitoring basic information, feel free to reach out to, to me personally and I will give you the recommendation that pays me. <laughs> gotcha, okay. Yeah, I, I've learned uh, not to give uh, companies free promotion because they benefit off of us so much, you know, and they're not willing to pay a commission. I'm not going to refer them. However, uh, I will okay. provide the audience the information in which they can do their own research. But yeah. All right. Important. Cool. I like it. FICO, FICO credit and monitoring. Um, I know Jason, you've got, I know you've got a busy schedule. I think you've been on other calls all day, so I don't want to keep you all day. Um, real quick before I, I've got one or two more last questions for you real quick though. Where can people find your book? can learn more about your channel. Give us a little plug for you. I want to hear where people can find you all your stuff. I know you got a lot of great products out there and then we'll, we'll find We'll finish up the last couple questions. Okay. I appreciate that, man. Um, so if you're interested in getting my book, credit building secrets, um, you can go to witnessriches.com. Uh, we have links provided where you can purchase this. It's only 20 bucks. Uh, you can also find this book on Amazon credit building secrets by Jason white. Um, but one of the things that we're real big on our credit repair service, um, it's called the 700 club credit repair. Um, if you're interested in, uh, you know, working with a team of professionals, um, that put your interests ahead of our own to help you fight negatives that are hurt, uh, feel free to uh, reach out to us. You can visit our website, the 700 club credit repair.com, or you can find me on Instagram at witness riches that's at w-i-t-n-e-s-s -S, riches r-i-c-h-e-s find me on instagram feel free to send me a direct message and uh you know we can have a conversation also we have more going on uh at witnessriches.com as well gotcha i love it oh um, and so, that, and i'm sorry um i also have a lot of free information channel so you could you know, that's check what i was that gonna out. say go check out jay that's where i found jason exactly. in the first place was his youtube channel he's got an awesome youtube channel got plenty of free content there check out his book um 720 club i love that and and i'm sure if you go to youtube channel instagram you'll see all their stuff there so okay final two questions here uh so i want to ask you about now for people that are maybe they're in the credit game already they understand how the game works what are what are maybe one or two strategies they can use to really optimize and take their credit from you know a 650 to a 750 or from a 700 to an 800 what are some things like for people that are already in the game already doing good they've they've got a couple credit cards they've already increased some limits are there anything else that they can do to to keep going and keep that game getting better and better well typically uh the things that that, that with their credit is their credit card balances okay um not you know the interest is crazy on your credit cards for one so you want to pay those down as quickly as possible to save money pay down those credit card balances your credit score is going to jump to the roof oftentimes I, I promise to you the biggest problem with people in their credit is they're not building it 
right? They're not building it by utilizing the credit cards to take their credit to the next level. So I would recommend um, either snowballing the debt or looking to debt consolidation and consolidating that debt into an installment loan, clearing the credit card balance, bringing that to zero, that's going to bring your credit utilization super low. And instead of you being charged 26% APR, now you're gonna be charged you know, five, 10% simple interest, right? So you're gonna be saving so much money compared to how much money they're making off of you already, right? Um, but yeah, if you are interested gotcha. in more secrets, Well, so let me, wait, follow up, follow up question though. Okay, my bad, my bad, my bad. Oh, wait, wait, follow up, yeah, on that. So, okay, like, like, I'm, I'm using my example right now. I've My credit cards, I've got, uh, I've got four cards that are about 20, 25,000 our limits on them, number of cards in the 10,000 range. I pay them all pretty much to zero. Um, I've been opening new cards. I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. I can get like, what, what can I do to get my credit better? Um, do so, I just wait yeah. to let that history build and make, I, I'm making my payments on time. I took out a, I, all my cars I have paid in cash for. I finally took out it. We bought a new car. I, I took out a car loan just to have the loan so that yeah. it would help build my credit thoughts right. for someone like me in my position. What would you do if, with, you know, I'm not in debt. I don't, you know, is there anything else I can do to keep it growing? Or is that kind of it? Question. Do you pay your bills uh, in full by the due date or the statement date? Um, the due date. The due date. Is you pay the balances off on the due date and your statement date is maybe a good week away. Okay. Do you use those credit cards again within that time frame? Yeah. So what happens is the balance that you paid off on the due date is not the balance that reports to the credit bureaus. The balance that reports to the credit bureaus is the statement date balance. Hmm. And what you want to do is a lot of people don't know this. You want to make sure that the day before your statement is created, you want that balance to be as low as possible and pay that off. Your credit utilization is going to look much better and your credit score is going to improve the way that you want it to. People don't know that. And what they do is they, by the due date, but they use it again within that week. And then the new balance that reports on the statement is the one that reports to the, the, the credit bureaus. And they're mm -hmm. thinking like, dude, I just paid this up. Why is my, 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 my balance is so high. Why, why is that going? What's, what's happening? Right. Yeah. And it's because your statement date, uh, the, the balance is there and that's the balance that reports to the credit bureau. So you have to be, uh, aware of that and make sure that before that statement is created. Also mm -hmm. in my book, Credit Building Secrets. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, that helps. Okay, I'll, I'll check that out last. And then I, I got this question, one last one. I've heard to have a perfect credit score, you've got to have 21 accounts at different bureaus reporting pretty much perfectly to have that. Is that a, a myth? Is that true? Do you know? It can't be proven. How about that? Um, okay. What happens is, uh, of course, you need a, a good variety of accounts in your credit report, but truly what you need to have a perfect credit score is the length of history. Hmm. You need a long history of managing debt uh, over, of course, over 10 years, but typically 20 years and then every that's how you get the perfect credit score. But to be honest with you, you don't need a perfect credit score. You need a credit score above 720 and, you, and the world will be at your feet. Hmm. 720 credit score, you're going to get everything that 850 can get. Guaranteed. Gotcha. Cool. Unless your income isn't there, but you know, that's another problem. Yeah.
Oh, I love it. Okay, Jason, uh, thank you for coming out. Last question. I asked this to everybody. Um, I, I like to hear, now we talked credit this entire episode besides the camera stuff and anyways, whatever. I, I want to open it up uh, a little bit. And I love last question. I'm going to give you open mic to our audience. Okay. You've got two minutes. I'm not going to interrupt you. You can talk religion, politics, uh, faith. Uh, you can talk family, entrepreneurship, credit, whatever you want to talk about. What do you think would be most important to leave this audience with that you think is most valuable to you? You're like, you know what? I've got two minutes. I'm on my whatever on your deathbed, however you want to phrase it. I want to share this with the audience as my parting message. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I didn't, I didn't tee you up on this question. This is literally on the spot. So we're going to get it straight from, I'm going to straight from Jason White's mouth here, but here we go, Jason, you got two minutes. Give us your thoughts. So in my opinion, uh, I feel like we make, we make things that are not important, more important than what life is really about. And those are our loved ones. Those are the people that we live this life with. And what I feel that we need to do to live a happy life is to keep that in mind and understand that life could be over at any moment. Mm -hmm. So how do you want to live the remaining parts of your life around people that you love, people that you enjoy and doing things that's gonna create that for you. So in my opinion, we need to focus on happiness. We need to focus on the, our loved ones, doing things that we love. And if we can do that, we will maximize life. That's, that's what I got. Hmm. That's what I got. That was awesome. Maximize life. I love that. I love it. Jason, thank you for coming on. Again, the book is Credit Building Secrets. Go check out Jason White's YouTube channel and his Instagram as well. Jason, thank you so much for coming on today. Bridger here. I have four free and simple ways I can further help you to scale your business or fund. Number one, I have a YouTube channel with actually, I don't, to toot my own horn, I think it's decent content on there. Go check it out. Bridger Pennington is a YouTube channel. We go very deep on funds. Number two, I have a one hour free training at investmentfundsecrets.com. We go very deep into how to actually start and scale your very own fund from ground zero. Number three, you can join our free private Facebook group of like-minded people like me and you that go out and launch and scale funds. I go live in there once a week. The name of the group is Investment Fund Secrets. And then number four, finally, I have a free PDF guide on how to actually launch and scale your fund. If you go to investmentfundsecrets.com slash guide, you can download that guide. Now, finally, people always ask me, Bridger, can you help me one-on-one? Can we work together? Yes, I don't want to talk about that in here, but if you want to learn more, message me, Bridger at investmentfundsecrets.com or just DM me on Instagram. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.